Welcome to Steeping Around, sponsored by the Maya Tea Company. I am your host, Manish Shah, and we are talking all things tea. This week, again, we've decided to do the show from the Seven Cups Tea House, and we want to address an email sent to us from Cape Town, South Africa, which, by the way, is totally amazing that we got email from South Africa. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. And I'm here with uh, my producer, Terry, and this email pertains to our show on Jasmine Tea, and George writes... You mentioned that it's either made by artificial means or the jasmine flowers are married with the tea. But you go on to say that the flowers are removed. This confuses me as I have been drinking jasmine tea for 40 years and there are always flowers in the mix. I do not believe that you said the flowers remain. Here in South Africa, we really enjoy our tea and jasmine is available everywhere. But it seems to always contain the flowers. Maybe you can set the record in your next program. Well, George, you are correct to say that you find flowers in your tea. There are essentially grades of jasmine. We talked about that at some length on our show on jasmine tea. If you happen to get the sort of normal grades of loose leaf jasmine tea, you will find some jasmine flowers in there. More than likely, it's because it's really hard to get every single petal of jasmine out of the mix. And so they leave some in there. You know, it's a pretty good identifier, and you can make sure that you know that it's jasmine tea. So some of them are left in there. At the higher and higher grades, they remove all of the flowers, and all that remains is the scent of the tea. Ironically, at the very tippy-tippy top level of jasmine tea, occasionally they put flowers back in just to add the visual element, but there's a difference. When you look at the flowers that have been added to the lower grades of tea, they might be yellow. That's because those flowers have oxidized with the green tea. When you are talking about the highest grades, those jasmine flowers are white and they are very very pure in color and uh, you will find that that is a completely different look one more caveat we talked about the jasmine tea being artificially made where the flavors just added to the tea well guess what sometimes they put flowers back in those the ones that they took out from the jasmine green tea, they sometimes take those flowers and put them with artificially flavored jasmine tea just to give it that authentic appearance. So I can't tell you exactly what kind you have, but like I said, jasmine does come in different grades and the flowers oftentimes are there for visual just to remind people that they're just an element in the mix of it all. If you have a tea-related question, please send it to my email address. That email address is steep at mayatea.com. That's S-T-E-E-P at mayatea.com. And if you like the show, you can friend us on Facebook, or fan us on Facebook, I should say. We have Facebook sites for both Steeping Around as well as the Maya Tea Company. And you can visit our website for all types of jasmine and more types of tea. That website is www.mayatea.com. When we come back, we are going to talk a little bit about Gen Mai Cha. We're going to continue our series on scented teas. Two weeks ago, we talked about jasmine tea. Last week, we talked about the smoky flavor of Lapsang Sushong. We're going to move on to toasty rice. We're going to talk about Gen Mai Cha when we come back, what it is, how it's made, and maybe even how you can make your own. So stay with me. We'll be right back here on Steeping Around. Thank you. 
Hi, this is Sarah with the Maya Tea Company. If you've been steeping around with Manish Shah, you've likely heard me on random radio commercials. Although I'm sure I could have had you fooled. No, I'm not a professional radio presence. Actually, I work alongside your host, Manish, during the Monday to Friday 9 to 5, pushing paper and paying bills. And like most of us 9 to 5ers, I require a daily dose of caffeine. Luckily for me, working in the tea business, there's no shortage of caffeinated teas to choose from. But I generally stick to my two favorites, yerba mate and puer tea. Yerba mate is strong and grassy, while puer is earthy and robust. When it comes to flavor, these teas couldn't be any more different. But I can depend on both of these to keep me on the edge of my seat, which is really a necessity when you work with a guy like Manish. You can find these wonderful teas, yerba mate and puer, on our website available for sale, but that's not all. Check out the blog section of mayatea.com for a blog written specifically on each of them by yours truly. You'll find a variety of other blogs there as well. That's right, Maya Tea Company isn't just about selling great tea, it's all about education and community. So if you like what you've heard on Steeping Around, you're sure to love what you're going to find on mayatea.com. And if you type the word steep into the coupon code, you can save 15%. Cheers! Welcome back to Steeping Around. I am your host, Manish Shah, and we are talking all things tea. This week in particular, we're talking about one of my favorite types of green tea, Gen Mai Cha. Now, we have a little separation here in terms of what Gen Mai Cha is and where it comes from. There's the Japanese version, and then there's the Chinese version. Really, it's a tea that, if you look around, is mostly Japanese in origin. You find a lot of Japanese Genmai Cha, and it's very popular there, so therefore that's what you see a lot of. Essentially, it is green sencha tea with toasted rice added to it. Now, occasionally some of those toasted rice kind of pop open and look like little pieces of popcorn. So sometimes it's called popcorn tea, but essentially it's still the toasted rice. And there's a particular trait about that green sencha tea in that it's very powerful. It's very strong in terms of its vegetal flavor, and it's pretty potent as well. And so the toasted rice really smooths over the rough spots. The words genmai cha actually can be pronounced in a couple of different ways. The Japanese seem to say it as genmai cha as opposed to the Chinese version ginmai cha. So there seems to be a little split in the translation as far as what to call it. In both cases, it means toasted rice tea. So that's, that's at least uh, consistent across the board. Also, one of the things to note is that genmai cha is used in Japan particularly as a palate cleanser. Its nutty flavors and sort of clean finish help cleanse the palate in between courses of a meal. Now, where it comes from, here's where the difference begins. If you look at the Japanese version, they've kind of got an interesting story. There was uh, a samurai who was waiting for his tea being made by his servant, and he accidentally dropped some rice into his master's tea. Um, Once uh, the samurai figured out that there was rice in his tea, he killed the servant, but drank the tea anyway and liked it. Uh, wouldn't it have been better if he had just drank the tea and then decided whether he wanted to kill the servant or not? You would uh, think. Huh? Yeah, kind of a dark story. But, <laughs> you know, there's no actual evidence to support that story, although it makes for a strong one. 
Nonetheless, another version is is that some people used the toasted rice as a means of stretching the tea because tea was a little expensive, but rice was very inexpensive. So mixing it with the tea made it go further. But the Chinese have a slightly different version, most of which seems to have actual relevance, and you can see why. In China, one of the things that they do is they use toasted or cooked or browned rice as a means of settling the stomach, and they actually keep it on hand and mix it in, make a soup out of it, or they add it to some of their foods as a way of settling their tummies should some of that cuisine upset them. And guess what? One of the traits of sencha tea is that it can be a little sharp. And in the old days, because its origin is 1,200 years old. They were making tea out of cakes, green tea cakes, and that tea had a tendency to be a little sharp and a little strong, just like they put jasmine flowers into green tea to sort of soften up those flavors. They started putting in toasted rice into that green tea to not only soften up the flavors but ease up some of the acidity on your tummy, and that is most likely the original origin of Gen Mai Cha tea. It's a wonderful tea. It's pretty easy to make, but you do have to follow the rules that we would normally use when making a cup of green tea. You can't use boiling hot water. You have to use steaming hot water. So if you get the water up to boiling, go ahead and back it down for a couple of minutes and allow it to cool a little bit. Use a teaspoon to a teaspoon and a half. You don't want to go too much though. You want to keep it towards the teaspoon side of loose leaf genmai cha tea, or just a tea bag for each cup, and then just steep for a minute or two. It's a short steep. If you want, you can reinfuse it a couple of times. It makes an unbelievable cup of nutty, smooth, aromatic green tea. Very enjoyable. By the way, it ices utterly beautifully. So if you like iced tea, genmai cha is an excellent choice. When we come back, I'm going to tell you a little story about genmai cha and perhaps how you can make your own with the different types of tea that you have in your cupboard. So stay with us. We'll be right back here on Steeping Around. My name is Roxanne, and I am with the Maya Tea Company. Now, Manish and the guys know an awful lot about tea, and they have put together some incredible blends. But let's face it, sometimes they still need a woman's touch. I have a special gift for aesthetics, and I've put the finishing touches on most of the tea blends that we make in house. But I've also created my own blends from scratch. One of my own tea blends has become the number one seller for the Maya Tea Company: the Pomegranate Mojito Green Tea. Pomegranate mojito mimics one of my favorite bar drinks with fresh green tea, peppermint, lime, and pomegranate. And don't worry if you're missing that extra kick. This tea tastes incredible with an added ounce of tequila or rum. Don't be afraid to spice up your teas. That's what I do. You can find my pomegranate mojito tea as well as recipes and many tea cocktail ideas at www.mayatea.com. You can save 15% on any of your tea selection, particularly the pomegranate mojito. Our coupon code is Steep. Cheers, or as we say here in the Southwest, Salute.
We're back here at Steeping Around. I am your host, Manish Shah, and we are talking all things tea. This week in particular, we're talking about Gen Mai Cha or Gen Mai Cha, depending upon if you're Japanese or Chinese. But I have my own stories about this wonderful tea and uh, how I made it in my early years. When I was first in the tea business, I didn't have a lot of money, so I couldn't import both the chests of Japanese Sensha green tea as well as the chests of the Gin Mai Cha because it took forever to move them. And so I didn't want to sit on that inventory, so I made my own. We would go to the Asian grocery markets and we would get toasted rice and we would mix them into the tea. That is how we came to make our own Gen Mai Cha. And you can too. When we made it, again, we used the Sencha green tea and we added about half of it in net weight. So if you're using, you know, say a quarter pound of green tea, you'd use about a quarter pound of the toasted rice as well. And that makes a really good Genmai Cha. The other cool thing is you can do that same technique with virtually any tea. You can do it to black tea. You can do it to, not too much to white tea because it doesn't have a strong flavor, but you can do it to some oolongs. And so any tea that you want to add that sort of toasty, nutty, warm rice flavor to, you can mix about 50-50 with uh, the toasted rice and you'll get amazing flavor as well. A couple of other things that does help lower the caffeine because now all of a sudden you're using half the amount of tea that you would have used originally and you're also adding some elements that help settle your stomach. So in the event that uh, green teas or some of the other teas are a little acidic and causing a little bit of irritation to your stomach, adding just a bit of toasted rice to that tea will certainly do the trick to smoothing out some of those rough spots. This sort of concludes our series on scented teas, but we are going to move on to a whole new category of tea, herbal teas, basically teas that are not exactly tea at all. We'll get into the definition of that more next week. And in honor of our South African listener, George, we are going to begin that discussion with one of the most famous herbal teas around. It's called Rubis, and we're going to get into it really extensively over the next couple of weeks. Thank you so much for listening this week, and hope you'll join us next week here on Steeping Around. As always, it's been fun steeping around with you.